Episode 6? Ja, Episode 6. Ja. So we had a experience the other day. Yeah. Talk about that a bit. Oh, a bit? Or is it, I thought the goal, oh, yeah, of, was, the, the goal of the podcast is just to talk about. Just being casual. Yes. Yeah. We talk about that a lot. <laughs> yeah. So the, I think the goal of this one is we, uh, we recently completed a, they completed as if it was some sort of chore, an ayahuasca ceremony. Participated in. Participated in an ayahuasca ceremony. And, uh, and so I think we're still, still coming out of it a bit. Most people do a, like a two day thing, but we only did it one day. I just think two would have been too much. One was a lot. Yeah. And so, and so, so I figured, I think here's what I want the episode to be. I wanted, we can touch on like our experiences and like the crazy stuff that we saw and whatnot. But overall, I think I wanted to just to tie back into what it does to you on like the clearing of the pain body. Yeah. And if we can touch on like the oneness and, you know, the like larger, larger brushstrokes aspects of it more so than like the nuance of like the crazy stuff we saw because you know you can spend a lifetime just talking about all the crazy stuff you saw yeah 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 and we can mention those but uh but overall i think just like what i think it does in the essence essence energetically sounds good you want to go first you go first (laughs) as far as far as what your experience is yeah yeah sure I mean, I don't know what, I don't know where you, you want to start. Oh, I don't either. Um, let me think. Well, I, I, how about this? I started, one, I think, we, I will say this, we are usually not the type of people that will participate in any kind of drug activities. <laughs> I will drug. say that. So, I'm not against mm-hmm. drugs. I, I, so that is not me saying that, not saying that. I think drugs are bad. I just think they're just not lined up with us, right? Yeah, yeah. And so a lot of people consider ayahuasca a drug, but yeah, it's but not. Yeah, they it, the uh, shaman who conducted the ceremony would, would refer to it as a medicine. Yeah, which I think more accurately lines up with uh, with the experience, as it is a soul medicine mm-hmm. more than a physical. Yeah. Tylenol medicine. Yeah. Yeah. As far as, as far as like the idea that it is a drug, I think one, if it is called that, it is a misconception. Right. And so I wanted to point that out. So it's, and this is not to justify like, oh, no, we didn't do drugs. So yes, the effects of it were what people would consider like if you take morphine, morphine has an effects and then therefore it's considered a drug because it has effects. So yes, it has, this has effects, but I, I almost got scared and I think it made me more apprehensive to take it when I, at some point, like a day before you like somehow blurred out to me that it's a psychedelic. Yeah, it's a hallucinogenic. Hallucinogenic or whatever that is. And and then like all of a sudden, like that created a different picture in my mind than really everything I have thought about it before. Like prior to that, I always thought of it as like a ceremonial medicine or ceremonial 
component of something bigger. There's a shaman involved. And I have a huge connection with shamanism myself. And so, like, to me, it was never, um, it was never anything other than that until you're like, oh, yeah, it's a psychic hallucinogenic. hallucinogenic. Yeah. And I'm like, wait. And to me, the the definition of hallucinogenic, like, brought in this, like, fear component. Because all of a sudden, it separated it from being the sacred medicine to being a drug. Yeah. I guess for those who don't know, ayahuasca is a, uh, it is a combination of a vine and a, is it a bark? Tree bark? A leaf. Or a leaf. Yeah, vine, vine would have some bark on it, I guess, in a sense. It's two different plants. Yeah, it's two different plants. One of these plants contains um, DMT, which is the psychedelic ingredient. But if you just eat that, it doesn't do anything because of however your stomach or intestines work, it will not absorb that. It uh, metabolizes it before it gets into your bloodstream. So the other ingredient actually like inhibits that metabolization. Meta 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 metabolization. I'm not. Yeah. Um, You're the English speaking one here. So, <laughs> so it's only the combination of the two that has, has any effect, which is think about how you would discover, oh, this plant does nothing. Oh, that plant does nothing. Oh, but when we combine the two and we make it into a special brew, it does something. Yeah. Like the only, like you would have, there's no amount of trial and error that would ever discover that it would have to be taught. Yeah, I have no idea how that would even right. happen, right? Which is which is which is wild. Yeah, and so the, the this is grown in the Amazon. The shaman that hosted the ceremony, or the shaman that oversaw the the ceremony, was from the Amazon. Yes, was from, Brazil, from Brazil, like a tribe tribe in Brazil. And then the medicine itself, I I don't I I mean it's one that comes from the Amazon, but I think it came. From there, but I don't know how. Yeah. So, oh, oh, I was gonna say. Uh, so, DMT is is referred to as the God molecule, um, because I don't know if that's because you quote see God when you take it, or it um, helps you connect with God. But um, a, the pineal gland, which is the the third eye center, uh, can and does produce it sometimes. So your body will other, produce all the time, right? I don't know. Oh. Your, your body will, at least occasionally, produce DMT on its own. And like, um, maybe that happens during near-death experiences. I think I've heard that before. But The uh, influx of DMT. If you're trying to explain it scientifically, I guess. Yeah. yeah. So, so that's what, that's the active ingredient that in, in ayahuasca. So that's the... The hallucinogenic portion of it, I yeah. guess. Like, yeah. see, and you see, to me, it, it almost, I feel like, does it injustice, like trying to describe this scientifically, right? As opposed to, which, which, but I think it is necessary. But to me, like almost that separates me from the sacred ceremonial aspect of what it is. And so you having said all this scientifically, having went through the ceremony, I realize, no, it is... An inhibitor that puts you into a theta state, theta brainwave state, and maybe DMT is the active component that lets you get there. I don't know. And then it just allows you to open. And so that God molecule or whatever that is, just 
connects you with the truth of you, with your oneness, yeah. with, with your own higher self. And then in fact, like makes you stuck there. Yeah. It, yeah. it quite literally just like inserts you into that space and like con concretifies you there for hours. Yeah. So, so, and I think maybe all the hallucinogenics that, that people have, like, I've never taken anything else. So I cannot say like LSD yeah, or me either. anything else, how they're different. But I would say that they do the exact same thing is they take you into the space where you're able to maintain that theta, theta brainwave connection, right? The same thing with cacao. We're drinking cacao right now. And that, that is what I feel like it is doing it is the reason why it is called the sacred medicine, right? It is because it does the same thing, but maybe without the DMT component. But it puts you into that theta state. Right, which which has the effect of like lifting the veil. Yeah, I guess in, to me in, I would describe it that way. In quotes, it, in, in very broad strokes, it makes it very apparent what, the 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 that you are one with the universe, mm -hmm. which again doesn't really do <laughs> do it justice. Yeah, oh yeah, you can say that. We and should it's say like, that. Well, what does that even mean? We should say we will say a lot of things, but like the words will not do justice. Right. Um. I said you know so DMT is the active ingredient, but it's not pure DMT. It's this. It's this little you know, soup that you drink almost. And uh and it has it has very definite physical effects too, in that it causes stomach unpleasantries. Yeah. As well. Most people they it's called purging. You either purge by vomiting or purge by via diarrhea or sometimes both. Yeah, that so that was the part that was scary to me. Like I read Yeah. I read <laughs> Hey, let's go let's go have a hallucinogenic and you're probably gonna have diarrhea and you're probably gonna vomit. That sounds fun. And 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 possibly both at the same time. And possibly time. both at the same time. Yeah. So I And read, be careful. And here's a here's a bucket for when it comes on. Yeah, but <laughs> I see I read that Which is scary. Yeah, so there is a shop I say shaman. There's a white shaman, white man shaman in Kentucky that runs an ayahuasca retreat center let's just say that but it's like you know but that is not where we went <laughs> no that is not where we went and so like the i i read things about him and like just his general approach to it and it just put me off until the idea that you're going to be sitting all night long you know puking and pooping at the same time that 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 is right. not what i wanted and I, and i think a lot of it which you know, scientifically, scientifically doesn't make much sense, but I believe this is true. A lot of your experience has to do with a how you prepare, and we went on a extended, uh, very restrictive diet beforehand. We can talk about that in a minute. Mm -hmm. B your intention for the for the ceremony. If you're going just to you know quote get high, you know it's not going to work out well for you. No. Um, and C the method in which the uh, medicine is prepared and, and, the, and the intention behind that. Like yeah, it prepared. Who's doing it, it. Yeah, right. Which is why, you know, if I were to do it, 
you know, even if I could, you know, follow the recipe and do it and, you know, here you go, it wouldn't be the same as if this trained shaman who really understands this medicine and embodies and it, embodies it yeah. and is there to go on this journey with you. Yeah. That is really important in a way that is, is hard for me to really understand. Before you did it. Before I did it. Yeah. But it's, it's, there's this spiritual component to, to other people. And there were, you know, two dozen people or so, you know, participating with us in the whole community of it. You know, it, it would be a different experience do you know it wouldn't be something you would just want to do alone oh no no no, be, no no that no. would be very i weird. mean one it was very obvious that the shaman played the most important role right he was holding holding that space he together. was holding that space and there were in fact five other people that were also holding space like the whole yeah. purpose of these five people who are not even shamans is to help him hold space for the 20 other people which is you know so one, I do want to say it is extremely important if you are doing it, you find a legitimate Amazonian shaman type of a place. Right, yeah. A lot of people go to go to Brazil or, or Chile or yeah, 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 yeah. No, Argentina I, to I do it. everybody there, some people there, and especially the person who organized it, actually goes to the Brazil, to the shaman's village. Village. And and participates in the ceremonies there. Yeah. And he brings other people with him. Mm-hmm. Um, Which would be, right? I mean, if if, if you happen to have the, the time and, and uh, res- re- resources to, uh, to do that, that would probably be the way to do it, right? Yeah, yeah. Because that would be the most authentic and it's, it's probably sourced from that tree right there. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, no, ours was amazing and it was perfect in every way. And I, and at some point, maybe I would like to experience it in the rainforest of Brazil. But not today. Well, no, <laughs> honestly. But to us, it was, you know, serendipitous and most perfectly broad to us. Right. Like Elliot and I, I think both both heard about it some years back expressed enough curiosity to ourselves and within ourselves yeah, yeah. about it to where energetically we're like oh yeah that would be neat i'm kind of curious about that i want to have that experience but if this is something that lines up with us naturally yeah. by through universal law th- then the, the spirits will just bring it to us i, I almost felt it like that right. like i wouldn't be going out seeking it right but and it will become it will come to me if it needs to and it's always been you know three four five hours away and you know, over over well, no, two no. nights, and there's there's with with the kids. No, and everything, just, so we have had no these opportunities, yeah. right? So one, we had opportunities. Oh, if we wanted to go to Brazil, we could. But yep. that was like, wait, no, I'm not that committed to this. Yeah. Uh, two, like, yeah, we had opportunities to where we could go out of town, but that's just not something that we wanted to do. So there were other opportunities, but I think we would just. Didn't have, you know what? It was maybe like the universe wanted us to have it, and it kept on bringing all these opportunities in, and yeah. we kept on saying, "No, this is not comfortable enough. This is not comfortable enough. This is not, not comfortable con- not enough. Not convenient enough." Even. Yeah. Well, yeah. and we were very committed to raising our children, yeah, and the welfare of our children, and being there for them as the parents. Right. Maybe too much. I don't know. Yeah, maybe too much. Uh, 
but that, that was a huge component. We did not not want to be there for our children. And so, yeah, the, the way the universe brought it to us, it was literally next door. I, I say yeah. next door, but like we yeah, didn't have to yeah, go anywhere. 30 minutes out in, in the less rural, than 30 minutes. rural Kentucky. Yeah, it was less yeah. than 30 minutes in a direction where we already were. Yeah. And then it, it, even though it was a two-night event, the way the shaman positioned it is you could be there only for one night if you wanted to and then optionally come there for the second night, like literally yeah. come back. So we could have went there, did it overnight, came back home, which we did, took the kids to school. And then if we wanted to, came back there that following night and did yeah. the second round. Right. But we only, but, we only did one night. Yeah, we only did one night because it was more than enough. Yeah. But, but like the... Just the nuance of how the ceremony came to us and everything that happened around it, I want to say is important because you're not chasing it. You're not seeking it. It is not an obsession. It is not a, a desire outside the proportion of just curiosity. It was like brought in by the spirit. I feel like the mo mother ayahuasca came to us and offered right. this to us as in, a gift. In the most serendipitous way. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And so... So I do think it is important to have it line up with you that way, to where you could be curious and you can want it, but you are not chasing the fix. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so, so yeah. And then, it, oh, yeah, there you go. This is what I wanted to say is after Elliot mentioned it to me that it was hallucinogenic, I went into like this comprehensive uh, state of like, wait, am I doing drugs? Like, because... That was like, maybe it like set in in a different direction than I have been interpreted before. Because before it was no different than cacao, right? Just like, oh, this is just the more intense version of this sacred medicine. Uh, and so I kind of went into this like fear mode, I guess. And, and so the week before, I think when we were going through our ayahuasca pre-fast, or pre-diet. Diet, yeah. You don't, they, we were born, uh, and we, we, we took this diet way too neurotic. We yeah. got a, we got a list, well, we got multiple lists. Well, no, we just got one list from the place that was hosting it. Oh, y yeah. And it was, you know, no, no spicy food, no, um, no garlic, no onions, no, nothing fermented. And one no, of the, I mean, no meat and no, no dairy. Oh, yeah, no meat. Well, we don't no eat dairy. meat anyway. No dairy. Um, no salt and pepper. No salt, no pepper. Is that what that list said? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Uh, no sex. No, uh, well, the, um, a lot of those things, no, no pork, especially no pork. Because um, a lot of those things have this, um, I don't remember what it is. There's some chemical in them that... Ayahuasca, which is an MOAI inhibitor, and if you have those things that will spike your blood pressure, or so, I don't know, it's very bad and could be fatal if you don't follow at least the super restrictive parts of the diet. But we're like, well, what can we eat? And I'm I'm searching it up on the internet, and uh, I find other. Um, you know, when you say the internet, it dates you, right? Right on the webs. The, the World Wide Web. On the World Wide Web with <laughs> with the Google. I used Yahoo. No. Um, <laughs> did, you, did you 
dug up some old version of Netscape. <laughs> Netscape. <laughs> Sorry. The, so we found other um, places that hold these ceremonies, and they have their own list of uh, of uh, restrictions. Oh, this one says no avocados. It's like, well, oh no, we can't eat avocados. No, uh, um, no pineapple. No bread. No, uh, what else? No plums. No. Some place said no grapes. Um, you name it. There was. It got incredibly restrictive, and we kind of took the most restrictive combination of all of these, and kind of adhered to that. So we were left with some fruits. And, rice and and white rice and and then I think a couple of days and we some had pasta and yeah, we had pasta which maybe we shouldn't have because it had a no well, no gluten but yeah we, yeah, yeah we but blew no, that. the pasta we had maybe like five days out yeah and like three to three to four days out we went with that pasta I think yeah at, at least three days for sure yeah it gets more and more restrictive as time goes on yeah. Yeah, but I one we tend to be kind of neurotic about things. A little bit. Understatement of the century. A little bit. And so, and so with me, I realized. So, so yeah, that was honestly. We should say this. That was an experience within itself. Right. Just even without doing ayahuasca ceremony, going on that ayah diet. It, it was basically a dopamine. Best. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And so then yeah, we went to no music, no crazy music. Right. So like only music we listened to was like smooth ceremonial music. Smooth jazz. It wasn't jazz. No jazz. Like jazz would probably even have more <laughs> dopamine than what right. we listened to. Yeah. So like we found smooth music. And so if we did listen to music, it was only that. Yeah. No social media. No social media. I I actually tried to limit all my phone use. I tried to limit too. all my computer use and only only the, used the necessary. it and necessary. Like, yeah, if I had to work, it was just work stuff. Yeah. Limited my shopping, which we don't go shopping out, but like even online shopping, I tried to yeah. limit that. I cut out hot drinks. No oh, tea, yeah. no tea, no, I drink decaf, but no, no, none of that either. Yeah. So we, so we kind of, and, and the goal, the, the individual who organized basically said is the goal is to offer some sort of commitment and sacrifice <clears throat> to the experience, to ma Mother Ayahuasca, in order to then to be able to receive a gift back from her. So it's kind right. of like a quid pro quo, energetic exchange, right? Yeah. And so that was the goal. That's how he he introduced it to us to begin with, without we, you know, us even realizing what that meant as far as dietary restrictions. And so I kind of approached it that way. I I wrote all the I wrote the list of all the no's for myself a week before. Um, and, and then kind of like try to commit to that, right? And so anytime I was struggling with it, I wanted to break that. It was basically more of like, well, no, this is a commitment, right? This yeah. is like, this is me doing something for the greater whole so that the greater whole then is able to connect with me. And um, from a physical standpoint that um, I, I think some people who d didn't follow I don't know. I, I don't know exactly what they follow, but if they didn't follow the diet, the the at least the basic diet, let alone our neurotic restrictive diet, uh, were much quicker to to purge. Yeah, 
But the goal is to purge. Right. There's nothing, and and I there's nothing wrong with purging. Yeah. It, it, they say they say basically you do go into it realizing your goal is to purge. Yeah. Now, and how that purge happens should be an open time frame, yeah. or like open minded endeavor. Except that you know, in the long run, if you stand back and go, well, what do you want to be puking? and pooping yourself all night you wouldn't say no but it's actually not that bad it's not that bad yeah in fact i i did not puke or poop (laughs) i will say that i didn't puke but i had i had diarrhea but it wasn't like emergency runs diarrhea it was okay well this this is going to be coming up soon so i should just go to the restroom yeah it's not it's not a big deal it's like it's like after you have a bad burrito. Yeah, and everyone's on their own time frame, so it's not like everybody is pooping right. and puking no. at the same time. Now, I will say this here, and we were sitting right there. So, the way you're supposed to do it is you're supposed to open um, a, a purging space, a doorway, a door, no, a, a doorway circle. out of the circle, and yeah. then outside of the circle, there's this purging space where you actually yeah. purge out the the vomit. Which is basically, honestly, it's just stuck energy. You're yeah, purging the yeah. stuck energy. If it needs to come out, it'll come out. Yeah, that's, that's what everybody says. And there's there's nothing wrong with with purging. Yeah, that's and they just w- fine. where we happen to sit it was dangerously close. To was that. close to that. So like, there was a circle, close. and so anytime anybody did make it to the purge, because everybody had their own bucket. So I think most people went into the bucket. Some people went to the restroom, but then some people did go to the purging space. And so hearing somebody purge just kind of oh yeah, that's. Makes it a little bit difficult not Hear, to purge hearing yourself. Hearing someone else go is uh, that almost sets up a chain reaction. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> and then, yeah, and then the other with, guys do it, and then the other guys do it. It's like, oh no. Yeah, I think to begin with, like the first, the first guy who did it set off right. a chain, which was great because then that, yeah. right from the beginning, which was fast. I mean, that was like within five minutes. Yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't even feeling I wasn't, nauseous. I wasn't feeling even feeling nauseous. Yeah, I wasn't even feeling anything. I when was that feeling was nothing. At that point. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I can still taste it. It's just, it, that it's that fresh. Yeah. Yeah, so with us, it was not a, a purging. Now, energetically, it was extremely purging. Energetically, it was purging. But Spiritually, it was purging. Yeah, physically, spiritually, physically, energetic, nothing physically, nothing actually was bad at all. Yeah. And so I, I, I mean, it, there's a, it's like, it's like an upset tummy type of a. Thing to me, me, it was like a tightness in the tummy. Like yeah, I mean, there was like stomach cramps a little. Yeah, bit. just cramping, sobbing, cramping yeah. a little bit. But like not nothing, like not like period nothing, cramping, but like up high cramping. Nothing debilitating. No, 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 no. I would not say that this is something. It, it that, was like if you had a bad burrito. Yeah, yes, a bad yeah. burrito would go through me, but I. I oh, this it went through me. So yeah, but it didn't go through me at all. So it was just, but I do think so. Next to us sat a nurse, and she said, "Oh, I think because you guys so adhere to your diet so rigidly, um, that helped you, you know, not basically get completely sick." Yeah. I say that, realizing that may be the case, but also, I think large, larger than that, it is more of what does your body need, and our purging just it did not come in that form right but i want to say it's because you and i spend most of our time purging like this yeah this is this is our i'm not saying that podcast is a purge but we're always trying to bring up right. stuck energy i mean on on our own and and through just talking together yes yeah yeah we in our conversation we we're always 
hoping to allow ourselves to to release any stuck energy. And oh yeah, and oh, this is the other thing I wanted to point out. I noticed that anytime the energy wanted to come up, right? Anytime something was coming up energetically, it it brought up a wave of nausea. Yeah. And so that wave of nausea is the purge. So meaning it, as you have an energetic stuck energy that is being brought up, right? And your mind will basically start rolling to the point where you will you will have these waves like through the entire night for me. Or I I say entire night as long as the effects of the ayahuasca lasted. Yeah. And and so like a thing would be coming up and you're not even necessarily even aware of what that thing is. But like a thought comes in because it is a hallucinogenic, I think it goes into this visual interpretation of it. Yeah. Then the shaman and the, 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 the people who are holding space um, were playing music, which I think was extremely important to the whole project oh, yeah. thing. So the music was amazing. Right. Like the, honestly, like it was a concert. Right. And then you're hallucinating at the same time. So this one guy could he played like a dozen different instruments. Yes. Some of these instruments I've never seen before. Yes. Yes. Some sort so, of crazy almost like a hand cranked harm um not harmonica. Harp? No. And not uh, accordion. I don't think it was an accordion looking thing. Almost almost like a hand cranked bagpipe. Is what it kind of sounded like. Oh, it sounded like, but visually it, no, it visually looked it like it was different, but it was like sitarish ish Yeah, or, I don't I have never seen yeah. these instruments before. Well, no, but so what it, I think what it does, and, and this is, I think, why it's so important to have a ayahuasca in a sacred ceremonial space is because that music, the rhythm that they create with that music is specifically designed to hit specific stuck frequencies within your body, energetically stuck and so each tune and each frequency frequency and each song will actually bring out a different stuck energy. Yes. I know I, I was listening. I got my finger stuck in my handle. Uh, so you're literally having stuck things as we're talking about stuck things. No, but that was important. And I noticed like, oh, when guitar plays this tune, it brought this up. And when some sort of weird thing plays a different thing comes up and so like they were super um at and mastering the art of releasing stuck energy with musical frequencies yeah yeah that, really i mean good. the i mean i'm just amazed about the nuance of these people's intuitive interpretation of what needs to be done for all 20 of us. Yeah. And then and then how they interpret that that space. Like just just perfect, just perfection. Yeah. Yeah, it was crazy. In the fire. Yeah. There was I, a so oh yeah, it was outside and so 25 of us were in these this huge circle around a nice fire. Yeah. But like not a big fire. Not but, a big fire. I mean, I th I was really expecting a much bigger fire. But but the most magical fire. Like it, yeah. I saw fire speak. The the guy who was taking 
who is tending to the fire, because, you know, you got to add add logs. Well, you know, any anyone would just throw a log on. No, 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 no. He would rebuild, and I mean literally build, in the in a construction sense. He had his little two, he had two smaller logs that he would basically use as giant tongs to, to grab a burning one and rearrange it, and he would just stack it up into another very ornate, um, but maybe that's pyramid. just how you tend fire. Yeah. Um, but he really cared about that fire. No, but you can sell the energetic signature of him connecting with the fire. Yeah. Like, the so fire him was his fire baby, and he was nurturing it through the whole ceremony. Sure. Yeah. But I saw it almost as like he's a t- caretaker of the spiritual being. Yeah. Yeah. And the fire was its own spirit. Yes. And what brought the spirit into life was his love nurturing and love for this spirit. Yeah. I'm getting like teary-eyed just talking about no, the, it. That, the, the fire and the way it was tended was, was magical. Yes. Which is like, it's just a fire. But no, it was the best fire ever. And this is even before, before we- the ayahuasca. Before the ayahuasca. Yeah. Where I was just like, this guy really loves that fire. Not in a pyromaniac type of way, but in like a, I love my child type of a way. Well, no, yeah. And I saw him connecting to the spirit of the fire. And then I saw the spirit of the fire dance within the fire. And so within itself, the, you know, I don't know how, if if somebody does have an option of having an experience, ayahuasca experience around an open fire. I think that's like, I mean, like, we're saying all these things and all these nuances that we found so crucial and important. I don't know if you can replicate this, you know, right? Because most people probably don't have it around an open. I don't know. But I hope. So if you are considering it, please find a real shaman from the Amazon and people who know what they're doing. And then, I don't know, possibly somewhere outdoors around an open fire. Yeah. Or at least around a fireplace. Where there's a fire present? And the fact that, that it, there were what I thought of as so many people. Because originally I was like, I was thinking, you know, it'll be five or ten people. But, you know, it was like two dozen people there. Which was good. Um, like like you mentioned earlier, um, if it was just a couple people, it would have been like intimate in, in the wrong way. Where everybody, you know. Felt close to each other. too close to each other. Yeah, but with with that many people, with with twenty five or whatever people, and the fire circle being so and the big. fire circle being so big, in order to have you know imagine twenty five people around a circle with with room to spare to get in and out, mm-hmm. and then you know you're not up butted up next to your person. Yeah, you're there's, at least there's, two or three got, feet away. You've got room. Um, you're kind of you get kind of lost in the crowd, and well, and you th- get to have your own space. You get to have your own space, and that's the goal. The goal is not for this to be a social thing, in that you're you're communicating with anybody else during it. No, it's it's just, this is your experience and your experience alone. Yeah. And yeah. in fact, even even talking during it is very discouraged. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was, it was, it was, I mean, I would highly recommend. Yes. Besi- it, besides what it does, like people say it's very difficult, yes. But like, I think if you do it right and if you follow the diet and you, I actually, I don't know if you did or not, but I connected. So, you know, we knew that we were doing this at least a month out. Yep. 
And so maybe like as I as we signed up for it, I I asked from Mother Aya, my ayahuasca to to connect to me, and I said, please open this portal of communication between her and I. Um. Not in like it was just a thought. It was just a thought. I didn't do any kind of intentional ceremony. But a week before, I would ask her over and over, just you know, take care of me however it needs to be taken care of. Please connect with me. Please become one with me and allow me to experience. Like I was open and surrendering into her. Like I was spending time building that trust in our relationship together. And I think, I think the 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 diet that came along was with just the communication, like the, the person who facilitated said communication and my dedication to, to this experience. Yeah. And I felt her, like I, I felt her there, but like in the most interesting way. And you feel the shop, like I felt the shaman in the most interesting way. Like, yes, he was sitting there as a human being, you know, and his attire and his hat and the feathers and, and all that. But like, that was almost removed to where I didn't, that you, is not what I felt. Like, you, that you is felt, not the him. His, his energetic presence. I felt his, his, yeah, his shamanic self. What I connected to was his shamanic yeah. self as opposed to this tiny little Amazonian man. <laughs> right. Right. Like that was like, it was almost interesting because he had such a large presence. Right. And, and then to see him in his human form. He, physically small. Small. Physically right. small. This, this humble, small, you know, right. Brazilian man. Very, very kind and gentle looking man. Yeah. But yet his shamanic presence was like. Right. Was, was, was overwhelming. Like, yeah. It was very, you're all safe. I have control of this, yeah. this space. This space. Yeah. I am the caretaker for this group yeah, for this time being. Yeah. Besides the five caretakers or the space holders right. that we had, he was also himself. Yeah. And then he had a helper, I guess, that, were his, that was his English translator. And I felt him holding the space too. It was almost like the shaman hold this. It's almost like the care, his translator held the space for him while he was holding the space for us. It right. was the symbiotic relationship that I can't really describe on a physical level, but the spiritual level, it was just next, I mean, next level. So yeah, so that's kind of like the nuance of the, of the detail. Oh yeah, and to begin with, this is what I wanted to say is, I guess their tribe has two other sacred medicines that they uh, offer. Yeah, and one of them I don't know what the name of it was was uh, these eye drops, but again medicine, not drugs. That basically activate your pineal gland, and so I I opted in for that. Me too. It burns your eyes. It, it yeah it burnt, but to me it was the most magical experience within itself. Like I with me because you so, and I'm I'm. I don't know if anyone has ever been able to do that, but there's this there's this practice to where if the pain in your body becomes too much, then you can, you know, most people say through meditation, right? But through intention, 
leave that pain, leave that portion of your body, right? And then go into the space where it is not. And I, is that, that does it yeah. even, so it's kind of hard to describe because I can tell you how I do it. But, and so to me, the pain in my eyes, because it was burning so much, was so much. And I practiced this pain abandonment technique all the time to where the second I went, oh, this is too much. Let me abandon this pain. It automatically snaps you into the center of your uh, pineal, gland? pineal gland. But what's the whole center called? It starts with the M. Mulabunda? No, Mulabunda is the is your root Yes, whatever it is. I don't is. know which one it is. It's in the center, right? Like uh, in between your eyebrows and then it goes straight back. And, and I have spent a lot of time basically working with that center to where now I know how it feels. And so the second you shut off the senses to your eyes, because your eyes are in excruciating pain, you go into that space. Yeah. And it was like the most like funny experience to me, like, Oh, that's what it does. And on a most profound level. And so it literally just like opens your third eye. So whatever that thing is called, that's the eye drops. And then there's the smoke that they offered also beforehand. Hope, hop, hape. Hape. And we chose not to. Yeah. To do that. They, it's some, it's a specific tobacco that they blow, that in they blow into each nostril that you don't inhale. You're, when you receive this, you do not want to breathe it in or swallow it. Um, but yeah, we didn't do that. Yeah, and the and the guy who was facilitating it, at least to us. Yeah, because this, this is our first time. This is our first time doing ayahuasca, and it's really our first time with any drug, period. <laughs> so I think he just kind of read intuitively our personal mindset or our personal ability to handle it. And he said... Don't do it to begin with because if you don't hold it right, it makes you nauseous. And then if you're already nauseous, the chances of you being in the right space to receive the ayahuasca medicine becomes kind of tainted. Yeah. And so he said, you can always do it later. But honestly, later we were in such a magical place with ayahuasca. I didn't yeah. want it to like taint the experience with anything else. I just yeah. wanted to give ayahuasca its own space. And I felt like that was the right thing to do for me. Me too. Like I, I went in wanting an ayahuasca experience and then I just kind of stayed there. And so a lot of people there did the eye drops and they did the hape, hape and then they decided to smoke cannabis because I think cannabis somehow helps with nausea. Maybe. Yeah, and so I think they were trying to Mm, I don't balance know. It. Balance, yeah, balance the yeah. two. They said that that it goes well. They go well together. Yeah, they go well together. But, but like you and I have not had cannabis. Well, I guess I have never had cannabis, so I I'm like I I don't want to taint. I yeah, I, I want to give my other ayahuasca its own space. Yeah, I didn't want to be like, well, w what am I feeling from this and what am I feeling from that? I wanted yeah, it yeah. to be more pure not that there's anything wrong with the other way especially if you if you've experienced one or the other yeah. before but for for first time i just wanted to know what this alone is like yeah i i think it would be interesting to experience cannabis on its own and i say that and people will like go what the heck that's just like what everybody right. does every every single weekday um and then it would be interesting but then at the same time i just wanted to experience ayahuasca on its own right. and then it would be interesting to experience the combination of the two yeah yeah 
so people were kind of like in their own experience. Everyone was having their own choice, right? Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, that was just our per personal take on on what we wanted the experience to be. Yeah. And so for the first, so the first twenty minutes, you sit and meditate, which is not what they called it. After you, after you drink it. Yeah, you drink it, and then he called it sit with it or uh, contemplate on it or think mm -hmm. whatever. But it's basically you just meditate. Yeah. But I. I felt and saw nothing during and even right after that. Yeah, with me, it hit. Oh, yeah. And so, oh, yeah. One, the dosage. Yeah, I was expecting, <laughs> I, in my mind, and I not, not knowing anything, I'm expecting maybe not this much, maybe not a full. This is a pretty big cup. But I was six to eight ounces of, of something to drink is what I was thinking. It was like a, a shot glass. No, they gave and it was, a shot glass. And it was half full. Mine was half full. And mine was the fourth full. Yeah. But I'm, I mean, I'm bigger than you. I, maybe I, I think he he does it kind of based on your 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 size, your, you know, how much you weigh, and then yeah. also intuitively, intuitively, like, oh, you need more, oh, you need less, yeah, or so whatever. The that's it. I think that is an important thing. Is the shaman is already so in tuned with the medicine that he reads intuitively the dosage that you're supposed to receive for this experience, right? And like, right. And that within itself is an art form. Just knowing how much to give you versus me versus right. you know. Belly. I wouldn't know. Yeah, and so that so yeah I so and I and I don't know. Maybe you can brew it in different strengths. Maybe it, if it sits cooking for a while, it'll become a reduction and stronger. I I don't know. I don't know how to make it. Yeah, it, so it smelled to me. It smelled like molasses. Yeah, it smelled and tasted similar to molasses. It it had a consistency of thinner than molasses. Thinner, yeah, maybe. Thicker than, certainly thicker than water, but not not honey, not not molasses, but like um, in between, just something in between. Like, I don't know what it's. It's thick, not really like a like a, a smoothie, maybe. Yeah, like a smoothie or like, like a slightly like a <clears throat> watered down smoothie. Yeah, like a like a a thin soup, not 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 just broth, but a thin soup. Yeah. Yeah. And and, and just, like I said, I, I mean, if you take a shot glass, ounce, I had a, one fourth a fluid of it. Ounce maybe at most for me. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I did hear somebody say that. Oh wow, that was a really strong dose. So the people, the people who. Well, maybe they got more. Well, no, not strong dose, but like strong, strong medicine. Oh, then like just a little bit of it. Is, the, the it has guy, a lot. The guy who was a firekeeper said that that was strong. Like. Pot uh, potent or the potency of it yeah okay so you know he yeah. has had it before and so his observation was that this particular batch batch was a strong batch yeah which you know obviously I have nothing to compare to know. so I think that does vary so maybe maybe it was cooked down to uh, to be stronger or then you know it depends how much intention there is or yeah. or yeah I think I, have no idea. I think it's exactly what it needs to be yep. but that's the thing is like if you trust the universe and surrender into it it would just be magically exactly what it needs to be yeah just do do it when the universe is lining you up for it as opposed to like a um neurotic chase yeah and so for the first 20 minutes i started to experience like i went into meditative state and now and i very easily leave my body so i just left my body i guess i say that i i i saw i had no effects but what, it, this was incredibly obvious 
later was the monkey mind just chattering. I, you know. At the first 20 minutes or after like he activated the ceremony? Like, because there's 20 yeah, minutes. I don't know. I don't know when. Oh, okay. when. My monkey mind didn't come in until after he like remember, opened the ceremony. I don't remember when, when that was exactly. I, I remember going through the first 20 minutes going, oh, it's not working. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, that's weird. And I was expecting something either to feel or see or have some experience. And here I am 20 minutes in and, and nothing. Mm-hmm. I think it takes longer than 20 I minutes. I guess it just takes longer than 20 minutes. I, yeah. And I have no idea. Yeah. Yeah. No, to me, I, so the stars started to dance. Yes. A- after that, shortly after that looked up, you know, it's, we're out again, it's, it's some rural farmland type place. And, um, there's some trees and you, you look up at the Jupiter is quite bright. The moon, the moon has, has, has risen. The summer triangle was the summer first thing triangle I saw. is visible, but, but Jupiter's the brightest thing in the sky other than the moon. And it's dancing around. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, it is moving around in, in the most beautiful way. And that's when it's like, Oh, okay. That doesn't usually do that. Yeah. That's, I saw the stars moving. Yeah. Moon became a portal, like Moon, a someone yeah. is a portal. There was like this blue energy pulled out visibly. I saw the blue, I would call it a shadow, but that doesn't really make sense, pulled out of the moon to where there's this blue thing, glowing thing, pulled out of the bottom of it, a very, very beautiful blue. And then this like whitish pattern kind of overlaying it in, a, in the most interesting shape. Yeah, so the visual, the there, visual, there are visual components. This is the hallucinogenic part of it coming through. Yeah, so the visual effects are over the top, and the uh, the details, the, the stars. Well, the bright stars, Jupiter specifically. It it grew. I say grew these um, these lines like a starburst style lines, but they're very thin lines that would they would come out from it. And at different different parts of the night, they were bigger or smaller. But I was just mesmerized by these these the most beautiful like twinkling, almost like if you in a cartoon, if you were to draw a star and put like lines coming out of it, car- you know, like a caricature of what you think it would be, it was like that, and it was so intense, and I, I just couldn't look away. Yeah, I I saw lines out of Jupiter, but almost like if it's moving through through space like let's it, it would have they were bowed out as if it was almost uh like a travel lines i saw that on the moon there was at the bottom of the moon there was a a curve almost like a i think it's called a bow shock when when like something is is moving really really fast and like the uh whatever it's traveling through gets sort of like bent around it almost like a mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. that yeah but it was only at the bottom but it was, it was this perfect curve. Yeah, like what what the the SpaceX rocket had in LA, was that similar? To- it was that shape, yeah, like yeah, a, yeah. a parabolic shape. Yeah, 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 yeah. So visual effect. I mean, no words will do justice. Right. Like so, if nothing else, had go for the visual effects. Go for the show. <laughs> I got that your own personal show. Right. Uh, but I think all of those visual effects are there as your interpretations of energetic forms that hold signatures within you. 
And so as they come up, they correlate to, to your energetic body. Right. And they allow the energy to flow. And so that, so that was, this is probably the most profound effect of ayahuasca is the amount of pain body it brings up to the surface to be released. Yes. Yeah. And this is the primary reason I think why people do it. That's why I did it. Because yeah. I was, expect, you know, I, I had heard that one thing I read said that they had a quote, ego dissolving experience. And I'm like, that sounds neat. <laughs> yeah. And I didn't have any intention. Like, oh yeah, to begin with, he did set intention. So my intention was I wanted to release past life trauma because I, I knew I was holding on a lot of blockages from my previous lives that I can remember and, and like I can feel them, right? Being by me. Then my, and then it was release the trauma from this life, right? Because I felt the energetic blocks from that. Then basically open my heart because I actively felt energetic blocks around my heart from all the trauma. Like it just the trauma closed my heart off. And then the other part was just to allow myself to, through this open heart, to connect to the universe. And so that was like you verbalized, I don't know if all ceremonies are that way, but you verbalize your intention, right? Yeah. But I had other intentions that I also verbalized to Mother Ayahuasca prior to that too. So I was kind of already setting the space of like, just let me find me, right? Without this BS. Yeah. Mine mine was uh, to to feel what I needed to feel and see what I needed to see and know what I needed to know and to release what I whatever I needed to release. Yeah. Just stole that from a book though. <laughs> Did I? Maybe. I that's what I always use. But it's it's no, it's no, great that's because perfect. that's that's it, exactly it kinda, it yeah, it's open minded. It yeah. And I, I didn't have any i I made it a point I try to make it a point anymore to not have expectations for things. Oh yeah, I didn't Because when I have an expectation for like a trip or something it won't. It just won't go according to your expectation. It just never does, especially someplace you've never been. Um, and so you end up somewhat disappointed that it didn't match your expectation, even if it was otherwise great. So ever since I've purposely, intentionally not had expectations, everything's great. So I had no expectations other than <clears throat> other than I had heard other people's descriptions, and I'm like, well, that that's kind of neat, yeah. but I didn't expect it. I didn't. I wasn't seeking that. Yeah. What what came up for me, I yeah, I wasn't seeking it either. But you know, I tried to surrender into thing and we're you know, we're kind of like on the surrendering of energy path right now. What came up was the shock of the amount of control that I was and now I have always admitted to being a control freak. But it is because, right, the control is there because I'm scared otherwise and, and, and feel hopeless. And so, so that pain body that I hold from the, the origination point of my childhood, but honestly also from my previous lifetimes, it, that is how it comes through. So like the way I soothe my lack of, lack of um, feeling of safety and feeling of... Uh, and living in scarcity and living in fear is through pretense of control. Yeah, that's and uh, that's the exact same thing that came up for me too. Was how much 
control I want to have over over everything. And I didn't really consider myself a control freak until the, this this experience. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I just wanted to control everything. Um, at one point, um, I, I'm like, okay, I need, I'm going to intentionally try to release control. And I'm, I'm trying to, to set an intention. I release all control. And I'm like, well, well, maybe not. Maybe, maybe I shouldn't release all control. Maybe I should just, just release the control that, that doesn't serve me or, and I'm like, wait fear. a minute, what am I doing? I'm trying to control releasing control. Is that fear? Yeah, I'm sure it is. Yeah. Um, and you know, I say control, but it's really the illusion of control, right? What do we really control? Well, we're not controlling anything. Not that, not that much. No, but the control is there. It is there as a as a pacifier to soothe the fact that we are actively in fear. Yeah, yeah. And so that you know that at all times, like at all times, that is why anybody experiences control or wants to control something is because you're actually afraid. You're not letting yourself feel the fear and not letting the emotion of what you're actually feeling come through, right? Hence, you're you're just locking it up. And the control is there go, as you're like, oh, guess what? I can do this and this and this. And so like pacifies that, that which you're not allowing yourself to release or feel or acknowledge. Yeah, yeah. So. And, um, and, and so... I, I just felt this incredible resistance to to mentally even saying the words, I release all control. I would get to the end of it, and I'd be, I release all, um, I don't know. <laughs> and I, I would kept butting up against that for, I, it was like a couple minutes until I finally, I'm like, no, I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to do it. And so I did it. And what I saw, and I say saw quite literally with my eyes closed, was a, was a big button, like a, Staples easy button style button. And it, it and the word control was was literally printed in, not on it, but in it. Like, you know, the 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 button can occupy some volume of space. And the word control is inside of this button. And so when I pressed it down, it like smushed the control, I guess. Um and it it made this like 1980s line animation Tron style like of of the outline of the button going down and then it started spiraling around and I'm like going on this like almost like a like a tube slide at a at a water park or something and uh which doesn't really help with the the nausea but but that the nausea right that the traveling down the tube slide is the real is the energy flowing. Yeah, yeah, yes. And and so it was it was scary in the sense that it it kind of felt like I'm going down this tube slide from I don't know where to to I also don't know where <laughs> until I realized that it's taking me to the center of me. Mm. And when it finally hits the bottom, and it and it's it's contracting. It's like it's not like a a continuous diameter tube slide. It keeps getting smaller and smaller and smaller. So it's almost like a cone. Mm-hmm. Spiraling down, it was it was clockwise going down until it hits hits the the point at the bottom, and then just it, it it there's this explosion of like geometric 
hexagons. Mm. Yeah. Or, yeah. No, the visual. Right? So anytime you release you release any kind of stuck energy, it comes through as a visual effect, but but felt but felt physically to the the biggest degree possible. Like it was just right. It was just this most honest feeling of you releasing that that sensation or that energy out of your body. Oh yeah, and so I wanted to clarify. So as that happens, and I will get into like the nuance of what what it actually does. But I, I've never heard anyone talk about this, but it became very apparent after we did the ceremony. The stuck energy that we have within our body, right? propagates itself or can propagate itself and should propagate itself through your body and then exit out of the main channel, which is the spinal spinal column. And it doesn't even have to necessarily be the spine itself, but it's the energetic spinal column that we have. Right. That's where the <clears throat> the column of, of the chakras. Yeah. The column of the chakras. You could say it as chakras, but right? There's imagine there's this energetic tube, and that is what people call the kundalini. And the kundalini is the energy that flows through your spinal column. And so when you go into the ayahuasca ceremony, as these energies come up, what it does, quite literally physically, is it allows them to flow through your central channel and then release out. And it and so if if those who do not practice kundalini, which I do and, and, and Elliot does now too, whenever you go into a kundalini release type of energy, it is literally the spinal wave. Like you you go into the spinal flex and I'm doing it on, on camera here, but it's this, it's, you're not doing it from the spine, you're doing it from the energetic component of how the energy flows through your spine. And that's a huge like difference. So most people go, oh, I'll just go through the actions of, of this. But they do it from the stiffness of like what they think it feels like or what, if, or what they think it feels like to move the spine. From a physical 3D. From a physical, physical 3D standpoint. But it is an energetic release. And so when you are... On ayahuasca, you're you're not cognitively thinking, right? You're not like trying to block that thing. And it, the energy of ayahuasca just basically punches into the stuck energy, insert into the central column of your spine, and then has that effect to where you're flexing your spine because the energy is traveling through. And when it becomes too much for you to handle, it feels like you're going to puke. And so in that moment, that is the reason. So mo why people puke is because the energy is that you have held trapped within your being for so long is so intense and so big. And it's not being released in any and, other way. Yeah, And you're holding it, right? And so it's like, guess what? I'm coming out whether you want me or not. And then if you're resisting this flow of energy, if you're not opening your channel, 
A, we just will simply come out as vomit. But I think that is beautiful because most people refuse to surrender that control. And they're holding and holding and holding. And then sooner or later, basically, Mother Ayahuasca and the medicine and your soul goes, how, how about I just help you out? And you vomit. And so it's the most beautiful vomit. It, it is most cathartic vomit that you can possibly experience. I say that because I saw everybody else going through it and it was just beautiful. So don't be scared of the vomit. But in my case, because I realized that it is what was happening, how you can release that intensity is simply uh, simply sit comfortably enough to where you can allow this energy flow through your spine. And I was actively allowing my spine to flow and allow that kundalini energy come all the way through cognitively with awareness and and so as the nausea came up i you know through that surrender you release the nausea and the energy yeah yeah i mean similarly when i when i eventually went number two it was yes of course afterward it felt good not to be not to have that in me but it felt good energetically it was like oh that was a bunch of Energetic pupae, yeah, that is no longer in me. Yeah, I mean, literally and energetically, both. Yeah, yeah, but th- realize the energetic channel does have two ends, right? Yeah, I mean, it could have come out this end too. It just it just yes. happened to come out that so, end. So you have a central column, right? And that central column is responsible for holding and moving all of your energy. And so you have two two ways out, two physical ways out, bottom or top, right? But at the same time, if you are energetically aware or going into this with this knowledge, or especially if you do kundalini work, then you can just release it physically through the through your central column tube and then through the smooth physical movement of energetic. Like I can release my energy out of the back of my um Ultimator. Ultimator chakra, right? Which is it's it's at the bottom of your neck at the kind of at the tip of your spine right which is if you think about it is very close to to other people if you if you don't release it there right it's basically kind of like i have a hump on my back so it's to me it's right there at the top of my hump but most people in the world who do not have a hump uh it's it's just kind of like is that, right is that the cervical spine i don't know maybe i'm not that's like tuned, tuned with the Five five vertebrae down from the base of your skull. Yeah, yeah. Something like that. And so with me, it's right above my hump. Uh, but if you don't release it there, which is basically your ultimate chakra for me, you then it travels back up and then it goes to the tip of your spine. And then the tip of your spine is kind of lined up with your throat. And then it just comes right. It is quite literally like, oh, here's where it ends in the spine. And then what does it do? It snakes its way, which Kundalini is represented as a snake. It snakes its way out of your mouth. And then it literally comes out as as a purge. So it's like that. being able to describe it that way and see it that way, it was just the most beautiful interpretation of like, oh my gosh, this is what it is. Like it tied... It tied the energy work to me. It tied the paid body to me. It tied the kundalini. It tied the essence of us and the energy that we hold as trapped beings and how it visually propagates itself. And it was just the most beautiful experience. And and to be able to 
to interpret it and be able to live it through was just, I mean, experience worth within itself without actually me releasing any pain bodies. Yeah. One thing that I experienced is anytime I would, I would try to, um, Anytime I would try to um, sit down and meditate, was how how noisy my mind was. It has never been this noisy before. It was, you know, I have my thoughts are are word thoughts. I have sentences in in the you know you know there's like a monologue, sometimes dialogue, just going on in my my mind that becomes really apparent if I if I sit down and try to quiet it. But it, I've never had it that chatty and it's mm -hmm. just it's just random stuff it's just nonsense nonsense i mean it's it's not a different language it's it's english but it's just like it's almost a, there's this frantic energy to to just just chatter yeah um and so it was really hard for me to sit there and get that quiet and that took an incredible amount of, of willpower. And, and I, I realized that this is, for me at least, this was my ego just trying to hold on because it's like, uh-oh, this, this plant medicine is, is trying to, to get rid of me, me being the ego. It's trying to get rid of the ego. It's mm -hmm. trying or at least reduce it or something and make, I think, maybe most people, me, I, I at least have always identified with the ego so much as opposed to identifying with, you know, the self. And so identifying from the ego, it's, it's all about, you know, control, control just kept coming up all night. And, uh, and, you know, survival and, you know, the separation of, of me being a separate entity from from you from them from the earth from that rock from that tree from that star it's just everything separate to the ego and so you know the the pie is limited and if you have it then i don't kind of by definition mm -hmm. and that's this, that's this whole ego mindset versus the ayahuasca shifted me over to the self where it's like oh no we are all one and what's good for you is good for me and what's bad for you is bad for me and in this mindset, you would never hurt anybody. You would never step on a step on an ant. You would, you know, oh my gosh, this rock, this rock is so beautiful because the rock and I are connected, mm -hmm. and you become one with the universe. Yeah. Um. And so, all this chatter is is the ego just trying to hold on. And when I finally quiet it, it goes to the physical. It goes, oh my gosh, my nose itches. Oh my gosh, my, my shirt's uncomfortable. Oh my gosh. And it's just over and over and over and over and over. There's another thing wrong with my body that I need to, my head, no, it's itchy. I got to adjust my hair. I got to do that. Over and over and over and over and over. And I would go, okay, I would notice this and I'm like, okay, I'm going to give myself three. I'll do three of them. And then whatever the next one is, I'm living with it. And I'm like, well, it'll be the worst three that show up. So yeah, my nose is itching and I got to adjust my shirt and my butt's getting kind of sore. So I'll shift around. <laughs> and then that's it. Well, you know, now my elbow's tingly. Too bad. I'm gonna. I'm, now I'm sitting with it, and so that you know, 
that came and then, and then that passed. Once I'm like, no, that's it. I'm just, I'm just going to sit with it. And so finally, what it came down to is, is the uh, intestinal issues. And that's, that's when it started. I, I, I felt like, whoa, okay, if I'm going to have to purge out the top, it's going to be now because it started bubbling up then. Because you allowed the energy to flow. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, well, if, it, if it's coming, it's coming. Yeah, and it's, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna fight it. I'm not gonna encourage it. I'm not gonna fight it, and it'll it'll come up if it needs to come up. And once once I surrendered to that, it it went away, and I was I was like, oh my gosh, I am physically and mentally at peace right now. But I had to go through this process, and this is not a. It took a lot longer than it takes me to describe it. It mm -hmm. was you know, five ten minutes of fighting my my uh, my chattery mind, another, you know, five to 10 minutes of, of dealing with, you know, however uncomfortable I physically was. And, and it, I, it was, it was actually quite comfortable. You know, we had, we're sitting on these beanbags. It, yeah. It yeah. We, great. we made it very comfortable. So that, I think that, yeah. So make sure you come, if you do do an ayahuasca, make sure you come with right. a comfortable seat. Ours, ours happened to be an overnight thing, which I think they said they'd never done before. Yeah. And I, I haven't pulled typical. an all-nighter since high school. I've never pulled an all-nighter. <laughs> and uh, uh, I don't recommend all-nighters in general, but... Uh, I didn't have any problem with that because I, I am like, go to bed at night, wake up at five or six, right? Yeah. On the weekends, I guess it's later, but... And I'm fine with that. And I thought, oh my gosh, I will never be able to stay up at night. But no, that was not an issue at all. Yeah, I could I mean, have we, stayed up we took the a, entire night. Yeah, we took a little nap during the day and it was probably only about like three or four that I'm like, I'm getting a little tired. I'm going to kind of lay down and look at the stars and I eventually... I guess I fell asleep, mm -hmm. but it, it wasn't a restful sleep. It was no, like- No, because you're outside. You're outside. You know? It's cold. It's oh, cold. ayahuasca, cold. it makes you cold. It makes you cold on the oh, inside yeah, yeah, yeah. to the Make bones. sure you dress really warm it, I mean, you're outside. I had, I had a hoodie on and pants and a shirt, and I was underneath the two blankets, and I was still just cold. Not freezing cold, but just uncomfortably cold. Yeah, no, but that's normal. I didn't realize that that yeah, was- Yeah, I didn't realize that was normal. normal. It just makes you feel cold. Yeah. Which is another thing that, you know, you have to, f I had to fight and then go and then realize, surrender to it. It's just cold. And that's just how it is. And that's okay. Yeah. With with me, I guess, right from the beginning, in that within that 20 minute period, whenever we we took it and I went out of my body and I started, I like started astro traveling. And then I realized, oh, I can just go anywhere. But I'm like, oh, maybe I should stay here. <laughs> and so I was like actively trying to stay there. Um, I, th the physical sensations just left my body and it was m more so than any time before. Like I usually leave my body, but in that case I was very, it was like, wow, this is like next level leaving my body. Like I am completely not here. Yeah. And it was so strange to, to sit there and go, wait, I have a body. Yeah. No, that was, that was apparent to me too, was how removed I felt from my physical body. Yeah. Both it, of us went to the restroom <laughs> at separate times. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I, we're talking about it later. I'm like, yeah, I looked in the mirror and Tanya's like, oh yeah, so did I. What did you see? And, I, and I'm like, I looked in the mirror and I'm like, I have a face. Isn't that, look at that. I have a face. Isn't that strange? And it wasn't like, it was like, I have a face in the same way as, oh, I have a, I have a cup. It was like, it wasn't, I, I was completely 
disidentified with his face being part of me. Yeah, me The too. face was just some 3D thing, 3D uh, p- possession almost. It was like, mm-hmm. oh, I have a face. Huh. And I was thinking, it looks kind of old. I know, that's what I thought. But, you know, we were... We were so deprived of all nutrients. I lost like 13 pounds over the last week and a half. Yeah, I think we were and, just so deprived. And I was probably dehydrated too. Yeah, and the, the day off, we just had fruit salad and that's it. Yeah, fruit sa- I mean, fruit salad in the morning and then that's it. And yeah. here we are. This was probably 2 a.m. So 12 yeah. hours since, since we'd had anything to eat. And I yeah, really so didn't, I didn't, and I, didn't that. I didn't drink enough water. And I you know, know that. at night you face kind of like looks saggy anyway. Yeah. And so like, it was not the best, you know, and I don't wear makeup anymore. So it was like, I looked at myself and I thought of, like, I saw myself as an old lady. Yeah. I'm like, I look older than I remember myself looking, but not in a judgmental way. No, no, there was no judgment. It was just, it was just just like like, interesting. Oh, that's an interesting fact. Yeah. It was very interesting. And I, I looked in my eyes and I'm like, Oh yeah. (sighs) Yeah. Looking into your eyes was interesting. It's like, how do you even describe it? They're like these magic portals that that I don't even know. I don't even know how to describe it. Magic portals. The, 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 the eyes are, are, you know, it's like the magic portal is looking at itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. I can see that. Which, right. I no, mean, no, that, that makes that's... no, you know, that makes no sense to anybody, but. Yeah, I can see that. Well, no, you're see, you're see. So you are a soul. You are basically at that moment your higher being, and then you're completely in actualization of your truth. You're experiencing yourself from the true standpoint of you, which is like the this higher energetic spiritual being. And then all of a sudden, you go to the restroom and you see yourself in the mirror, and you're in shock that you're in three dimensional form. You're like you have. This somehow at some point somebody made you believe that this thing you see in the mirror is you. Yes, and it, you're in shock. It yes, that's it became so apparent to me throughout the ceremony, and then especially when I was looking at myself in the mirror, that this this is not me. Yeah, this, this is I happen to be temporarily inhabiting this sack of meat, but this mm-hmm. is not me. Yeah, this is yeah, my yeah, body. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, you know. Yeah, so I saw myself, I'll say this, I saw myself in the mirror and I'm like, wow, holy <laughs> freaking shit, that's me. Uh, and and then, and then like, you know, and then I spoke to myself from my higher dimensional self going, wow, like, look that you're choosing this experience to experience this, it, but this is your truth. It was like the 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 language was the message was look what you have to go through to just see the truth of you. You have to go through all this rigmarole just to see the truth. Yeah, like look what you have just put yourself through, and the week before, and then and it was like look what you have just put yourself through in the last forty years. But look at the truth of you. Yeah, and it was that like that that is what the mirror showed me to like. Wow, we are really married to our lies, to the lies that we are our body, to the lies that we are this thing, to the lies that we are unlovable, that we are. Yeah, I I want to make sure make sure you allow me to bring that up, Th- that 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 part, and so so yeah, and so it was just so obvious that we were 
not what we thought we were, that I was not what I thought I was, as spiritual as I am, and how silly it is to think of myself anything other than this essence of universe. Like this beauty and this love that we deny ourselves to feel. And that's the part that I wanted to touch on. But yeah, and and so the other thing that I wanted to bring up here while I remember it is I like within that week, we were watching, we were watching Gaia. And then on one of the was it on Gaia? What whatever it was, I have a heart murmur. And so I I did not think I had a fear of death. I really did not think. Because anytime I would talk about death, I would go, well, what, what's the big deal? Like, I know I'm not this body. And I know I already touched myself outside of this. So I wasn't afraid of dying. And I thought that. But then within that week, somebody, I heard somebody bring up a heart murmur, either on the show or on Guy. I don't remember what it was. Yeah. And then somebody else brought up some medicine. Um. What was the medicine? The D, it started with a D, that addressed the heart murmurs. And then you're like, oh, I just had that come up too. I was just thinking about this you medicine. Had, you had your dream. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That, that was a couple of weeks before. I had the dream that I- It, it was during the- It was a couple of weeks ago. Oh, it was, yeah. It was during the, that week period. Yeah, during oh, our diet. Yeah, so I'm a very vivid dream, dreamer, and then there's a lot of messages that come into my dreams. And so the dream that I had was that I died from my heart murmur. And then next thing I know, somebody on television mentions heart murmurs and how, whatever yeah. that is. And then somebody else on a different show mentions whatever this medicine is that, that people take for their heart pain or the heart dysfunction. And, and, and then I'll, you mentioned you, that you thought about that medicine also. It was some sort of plant. It was like D-dio... Dia, remember you said like, oh, I was just thinking about that drug. And you said the drug is there as a poison. But then this guy- Oh, uh, dig digitalis. Digitalis, yeah. And yeah. this guy's like, oh no, it's a heart medicine. It's yeah. used as I a mean, heart medicine. In, it, it's a poison in a, in a high enough dose, but it, it, in a, uh, it can be used to, to treat specific heart things. And then in a, uh, um, what's it called? When you dilute it over and over and over. I don't know, homeopathy. Homeopathic uh, manner, it can, sometimes it does the opposite of what it does in, in full doses. I, but beyond that, ayahuasca can increase your heart rate and blood pressure. Yeah. Especially if you have had in the past several days, um, caffeine or theobromine from the cacao. Or, uh, or or dairy too, right? Um, you, any of the any of the prohibited things, or 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 really specifically, um, whatever it is that's in pork and uh, fermented foods. Um, yeah. So no, I went into this. I'm like, and I think it was on purpose for me to recognize that this will set me off into the sphere yeah. component that I am afraid that I'm going to die from a heart murmur. In fact, when I got diagnosed with it, the doctor told me that I was going to die from my heart murmur. And that was like eight, right? So at eight years old, I'm told that this is going to kill you. And I just, at that point, at some point, decided that I will never live into my 30s. I remember that. I remember meeting you and you're telling me that you're going to die before you hit 30. And I'm like, 
I was thinking, I, I was thinking, should I walk away? Because, you know, I would, I would like a relationship that lasts longer than that. Yeah. No, but, but I, just, I just didn't believe you. You didn't believe, but, but I believe but that I you believe have it. a heart or have or had a heart murmur, but I don't believe that you were going to die before you get 30. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, I, I want to, last time I checked it was when I was pregnant. No, I was going to get pregnant with Aiden, which is in my mid twenties. Right. And I wanted to make sure it was okay for me to get pregnant still. And the, so he was still there then. And they said that, yes, you need to have it checked every two years or so. And then basically, and I'm like, so what's the worst case effect of it? They're like, well, usually it wears out, you know, sooner or later. And then you need to get heart surgery for, and get the pig valve or whatever. And so that was the story. So, so yes, it is, is, I didn't, I didn't exaggerate it because that is something that people experience a die from. And then most people get their pig valves and whatever. But in Ukraine, I don't think heart surgery is something that, you know, at least back then in the 80s, right? This is just like the chances of you surviving in Ukraine with a heart murmur were so low that the doctor who diagnosed me with it, uh, who was also a Jewish lady, so my parents super trusted her. Like anytime they found a Jewish person, it was like, she's right. Like, we are not going to question her. The doctor's like, you're a goner. <laughs> yeah, she told me I was a goner. And I believed it. Like, I believed that I right. was a goner. And so my parents treated me differently, I think. So this is probably, like, goes back to my pain body because they thought I was going to collapse on them any moment. Like, they knew they had limited time with me. And then I knew that I had limited time. And so you live differently when you think you're going to collapse any day. <laughs> I think that's great, though. Like, in a way, right? Like, gives you perspective on life. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but at the same time, on the pain body component, it sets in fear. And so what came up pre-ayahuasca is that that buried fear that I had about actually dying from my heart murmur within that week period, right? No, I, I'm I'm okay. I, like, I don't oh, even- Oh, that wasn't, that wasn't a reassuring oh. thing. It was just, I wanted to touch you. Oh, <laughs> my sweaty feet. Uh, so yeah, so it came up and then like a dove came the day before. yeah. That and, was weird. Yeah, and so I have connection with birds. And then now you have a connection with birds because I have connection with birds. And so this dove just comes to our deck and sets up shop. And in fact, I I, uh, I, I think at some point I will share my, my hawk story of how a hawk saved my life. But in this case, here comes a dove and he poops on our deck. Well, he lands on our deck. This is like two in the afternoon or something. Yeah, he lands on three. It was a four. And he lands on our deck, he poops, and I'm like, that's strange, because doves are usually not that friendly. Like, they're, they're kind of skittish. skittish. Yeah. yeah, they're very skittish birds. And we have two cats and a dog who can, who can look out that window. Yeah. And they, you can see back in. Yeah. And usually that scares off the birds. Well, no, and so we feed the birds. So I will say that we have a little, uh, like a- Planter pot thing. Like a ceramic tray. ceramic tray there that has seed. And so the doves occasionally come. Come and go. They're very skittish. They will yeah. come, they will peck, and then we'll leave right away. Yeah, but any other bird will scare the dove off. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So they're, And so this thing sets up shop and sits there for like three hours, I think. More than that. It was still there at night. Oh, yeah. Sorry. We, we went to bed. He was still sitting there. And I, I, I looked it up, and he looked unusually fluffy. Yeah, he looked fluffy. But he, I think he was just comfortable. Um, and I, I'm, I'm looking it up on the internet. <laughs> And uh, it said, oh, yeah, you know, sometimes a dove will just come come to die. It'll just sit there and die. And it was a beautiful sunset. And we had previously heard how, you know, you know, 
when when sometimes when birds die, you know, they don't go through all this nonsense that humans go through. Uh, they just sort of sit on a, a branch and look into the sunset and then like expire. Go, well, they just leave their body. Leave their body. And I guess the body- Like yogis, guess, like yogis die. Yeah, I guess like in the body, I guess would fall down to the ground. But yeah. So he was just sort of sitting, he, he did not leave the deck. Entire night. He, he walked around a little bit, but I, from my internet research, mm. which must be true, um, sometimes they just get so so tired that they just, it's not that they can fly, it's just they don't want to fly. And so they'll just sort of walk around a little bit. And we're like, oh, you know, this is, this is kind of sad because here's this beautiful bird who's going to expire on our deck. Yeah, I and so with me that brought a fear of like, wait, now right. I know a dove is the messenger of God, that the spirit is with you, yeah. right? And it's literally a dove, which yeah. is basically, you know, like com coming of spirit. Right. And so to me, one, it was comforting, like, like, oh, here's this dove comforting me the night before I go through something that I'm slightly apprehensive about. Right. But two, at the same time, is bringing up my fear component right. of dying, dying from a heart murmur. There was all that, all that hard stuff. It came up. Mm -hmm. We had just watched a show um, about death. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We watched and a then, show about and death. And then the, the, the dove comes. And it was like, is this some sort of trifecta of uh, symbolism that we should be careful about or yeah, something? Yeah. And you know, like, I, death has this serene energy of calmness around it. Like right before somebody dies, I think there's so many spirits that are in this space. And it felt really calm. And it Everything felt, super, felt calm. super calm. Yeah, so that entire week, maybe because we were dieting and that energy was so low, but I saw, I saw a spirit and I felt spirit all around me. In fact, my... My shamanic guide came and introduced me. Native American spirit came and introduced himself for the first time in you know in forty years and what like five years of my spiritual work. And so I'm like, wait, I feel super protected, but is it because the spirit is here because I'm gonna die? And so like I was mixing in the spiritual beauty with the fear, but I think that was necessary. And so I actually thought that like, oh, there's a pretty good chance I'm gonna die on this ayahuasca ceremony. But that's okay. I was like just kind of surrendering right. to dying. Yeah. But that came up as its own demon to release through the ayahuasca. During the ceremony, I'm. Uh, it was what the the interesting effect that it had on me was that it became so obvious anytime a thought or emotion would come up. What was driving that? What what pain body was driving that? Or if I wanted to do something or 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 whatever, what what I was hoping to get out of that in a uh, control in a, in a control type of situation in a uh, preset expectation, yeah, or in a, yeah, yeah. And I think we said this earlier. Basically, all of these things, you know. Oh, I don't. I, I want to be able to control this so that I feel better because if I don't feel good, then da, 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 so I don't die alone. And, you know, it's almost like a a, a, a comedy thing now. You know, da, 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 it always ends up at dying alone. Yeah. And and during during one of my meditations, I was like, isn't that isn't that strange that it all comes down to dying alone, the alone part of that? Because, you know, 
does it really matter if you die alone versus what dying with your husband or wife holding your hand? Does that does that change it? Does that change it for you, the the dying party? Does that change it for the other person? You know, um, a lot of people don't don't have a a a family that you know is is next to them all the time. And you know, if they were to to die or or you know be about to die, is someone close enough with with enough advance notice to? Uh, to to get there to uh what witness the the death all this was 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 coming up to me and uh and I'm like oh uh it was your grandfather who who died a couple years ago but he died um his his wife your your grandmother was was with him when he died mm-hmm. and then I'm like oh but and then I got really confused if 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 she had died or not. And I'm like, oh, so then when she died, she didn't have him next to her. Wait, did she die? Did she not die? And I, I was very confused. I was convinced that she was both dead and alive at the same time hmm. during this. But And I'm like, I don't know that that really changes anything. Well, I think th- with you, that's probably the pain body of attachment. of Because you, right, your, your idea of love is associated with the fact that you have to have someone love you yeah or be by your side yeah and so that is what was being released possibly yeah. and it cuz it and it, it made it made no sense at the time why why dying alone versus dying in a in a crowd of your friends would would make any difference at all yeah i'm like everyone's going to die and you may or may not die alone but that that couldn't matter any less. Yeah, but I think it's the nuance that you were not letting yourself feel that was actually the trapped pain body. It's not the dying, it's the alone. Yeah, no, it wasn't the dying. The dying also didn't really matter as I'm, as I'm there contemplating But you this. were able to separate the two concepts. Yeah, there was the dying and then there was the alone. And, I, and not, the dying didn't bother me at all. But the alone, I just thought that was so weird. It was so weird that that it's dying alone. And why would that matter? And 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 I guess that at the time and since that time, it, it doesn't matter. Yeah. It's like dying with a hat on versus not. Well, who cares? Yeah. Uh, who, really? Well, well who? I mean, now like dying, who cares? Yeah, now dying, who cares? Yeah, but, but with dying, me, I dying guess, like, alone versus the alone, dying. I never had the thing, right? But the, I think I had the dying, but not even consciously, right? Like, if you before that you asked me, are you afraid of dying? I would have said no, but I think there was this energetic part of me that was left over being afraid of dying because I was told at age of eight that you're going to die pretty soon. Yeah. So, so yeah, like, right, like there's these things that even if you don't think you have it hidden within you, there are just sitting there. Like I would have never came to discover that. Would have never went, oh yeah, that was a thing. Yeah. I, yeah, I would have never, I mean, we've always joked about dying alone being the, the root of all of it, which, um, it was in one of the books that we've read, the, he said that, you know, the root fear of all humans is the cessation of experience, is for your ability to experience things to end, which, you know, is is death, right? When you die, there's no more experience. If you look at it from the I am my body point of view, mm-hmm. that makes sense. Yeah. And, you know, goes on to, well, 
but if you're not your body, if you're above the body in in the self instead of in the ego, well, that doesn't make sense anymore. What? Well, but the during ayahuasca was very apparent it that we're not so our body. It was so apparent. It was, yeah. which is the most. I mean, I already, I already knew that and believed that, but now having felt that so intensely, that's the that honestly was the greatest gift of the whole thing was to, oh my gosh, to disassociate from the ego part. Which and, is you know, connect it, to your and it, essence. And now, you know, it, come, it comes and goes. Oh but, yeah, the ego's still there. Yeah, but to, to have this extended period of time where you are really identified with, with the, the, the self instead of the ego mm-hmm. is, is the greatest gift. Yeah, I'm hoping that stays. Me too. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, major. I think you know this is just us two days afterwards. So I'm hoping. I don't know what the the prolonged year or two out experience is, but a lot of people say it just changes you forward. Yeah. But I'm hoping that realization that we're not our body at that extreme level, like that 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 innate level, actually stays. Yeah. No, it. it I've it. Everything feels different. Yeah, everything like, does feel different. I, I became super aware of how how judgy and judgmental <laughs> I, I was toward, I guess, other people really, and it and it became so. Again, you know, it became so obvious why the whys behind all my actions and thoughts became just, just so obvious. It was like it was like this sub thought. I would think, oh, I don't like that person because you know, because they're doing whatever. And then it was, it was an instinct. It was like, yeah, but that's because you don't feel like you can do that mm-hmm. because whatever, that would be embarrassing to you. That would be, um, you know, whatever, whatever it is. It was like, it was, it was no effort that just came as this like echo of the, of the first thought of yeah, the yeah. first feeling. There was this echo that was the truth behind it. Yeah. The tr- so, yeah. So whenever a judgmental thought or controlling thought. So whenever anything comes up that is your ego during the ceremony, I think what ayahuasca does, it automatically snaps it into truth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like immediately. They're, they're great. So sometimes it takes us like hours to come up with the why, but ayahuasca does it immediately. Yeah. It was, like it forces it, was it on immediate, you. immediate, within a second. Yeah. And so you then you can choose, if you're cognitive enough, if you choose to have that as your goal, you can choose to release that. Yeah. And then see through the truth. And that's and so if you allow that to release, that's when that kundalini does travel up and that's when you can puke. Yeah. Or you can just allow it to come through the kundalini without the puking, depending on your skill level. So yeah, that was extremely obvious. The other thing that was super obvious is, um, and, and, and I could feel the difference between my thoughts and the group thoughts. And then to begin with, I I was in the group thoughts more so, like because I I was I was astro traveling, and then I'm like, oh wait, this is maybe the wrong time to astro travel, <laughs> and I should like actually be down here doing some work, right? That's what I thought. Uh, and so I stayed there, and then there the influx of imagery just came flooding, and then I at some point I realized, oh wait, I'm just watching everybody else's show. And then having my own, but I'm not actually diving in deep within myself. So that is something that is a choice, right? Like you can separate yourself from others, right? 
But on the global level, without even the others, on the whole, when I looked in the mirror especially, it came so obvious to me that we spend our lifetime feeling, all of us, like 8 billion of us, feeling unloved and undesired and not worthy and in my case, bad and dirty tied to a table leg. But like that is the human problem, like yes. the one and yes. only human problem that we are somehow think that we are not loved. Yes, that also became apparent to me, um, maybe heightened by the fact that before before we actually drank drank it, we went around, everybody said, you know, hi, I'm, I'm Elliot and my intention is, is this and that. But uh, a lot of them were either explicitly or implicitly, and I want help loving myself. Right. So, Nobody ever said that, but you it can was, feel it was the implicit. energy. It was, I think someone actually said that. Oh, yeah. But it was, a lot of them were, were, were dancing around it. Um, Which is, could, it just depends how honest they wanted to be with the group. Yeah. And you could, you could tell, or I could tell that that seemed to be a recurring theme. Of of anyone who was who was open enough to be something other than I'm here just for the experience. Which, you know, I am there for the experience, yes, but at the same time, I would like some to do some 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 work while I'm here. Yeah. Um there was a lot of, you know, oh, I'm trying to trying to release this this trauma, I'm trying to lose this pain, or you know, yeah, well the trauma it's all it all comes from this I don't love myself. And it became super obvious then and then later. Yeah, but not nobody like- Nobody loves themselves. No, no, not consciously. We're not consciously not loving ourselves. We're subconsciously oh, thinking yeah. that we're it's unlovable. So, it, no, it is. Yes, it is completely subconscious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, and, and so, and and it was really obvious to me. So when I was staring at the mirror and I saw myself and I was in shock of how I looked. But then after that, like as I was staring into my eyes, the higher voice came through and it's like, look what you're having to go through to to simply touch on the truth of how loved you are. And so I I I will go out of my way to say this that if somebody's listening to this you are loved. Right? So loved by me, by God, by the universe, you're just the most loved being. Right. And in fact unconditionally like i love you unconditionally without any barriers you can do no wrong because you're loved yeah yeah and if we just hear that like tr just take that and feel that within you that i love you regardless of what you do regardless of what you have done regardless of what you're going to do like unconditionally i love you yeah that's it I mean, just 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 know that you are loved that that ties into the whole identifying with with the the self and with you know we are all one yeah because it's like of course i love you and of course i love myself because what else what else is there that's it yeah no there's only one right and, and there's so only one and there's only love yeah right and it sounds like if you it sounds like so much hippie mumbo jumbo but oh my gosh when you really feel that yeah but i think I think this is important because most of us are not connected to our universal selves 
and to our higher selves or to our soul or to the truth of us or to the universe day to day, minute to minute. And we're so much in our material three-dimensional world that we don't see anyone around us who loves us, right? And so I want to say from the three-dimensional standpoint is I love you. Yeah, I love you too. Like whatever you are, whatever you're doing, whatever you think about yourself, you are beautiful and perfect and I love you. Yeah. I mean, in the, in the way that, that a, a parent loves a child. Just, it's beyond that. You can do. It's beyond that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Like, but this that's, is. Be- that's, the, that's the closest I can come. Yeah, this to- is transcendent. I'm, it's not a parent. It's not a lover. It's not a fuck buddy. It is not a grandma. It is just I, as the essence of me in a three dimensional form, whatever that means, without any labels, love you as you are at Chikor. It's beautiful. Without any, just, just that's it. And if we can just feel that, we would, we would just. <laughs> or that would kind of solve, solve that would a lot solve of things. Everything. <laughs> yeah. Like the essence of our struggle lays in us not believing that. Right. I mean, can you imagine fighting a war while you feel that? It makes no sense. No. Because you're just hurting yourself. Or you're doing it because you're somehow don't deserve the love or you don't deserve right. to say no to someone or you don't deserve to feel this and you have done so much bad stuff that then now you don't deserve love whatever yeah. whatever the it, nuance yeah. is you are loved it and all, i love you and it, it all makes no sense in in all all of the violence and the hate and the prejudice it all makes no sense in the context of love you being loved yeah and you feeling loved yeah I don't know if we can say anything else about that. I think it's a great place to, to wrap it. Yeah. So, yeah. I love you. I love you too. <laughs>